Another business hit with a ransomware attack. Issues with cybersecurity have shut down yet another Midwestern company. The data breaches put the information of millions at risk. Here to give you peace of mind in an industry that moves faster than the speed of light. This is your weekly tech in. talking because I was enjoying the music. Hello world, this is Patrick Souls, the founder of Soul Tech Solutions, and welcome to the Weekly Tech In Podcast, where we give you peace of mind working with an industry that moves faster than the speed of light. Okay, I'm really excited about our first topic this week. Uh, if you remember, I mentioned at the end of last week, we'll be talking about Microsoft 365 Copilot. I know it's kind of a mouthful, but bear with me. Uh, and it will absolutely and dramatically change the way you work. So first of all, what is it? I'm sure we're all familiar with the the new buzzword uh, in business lately, and that's AI, um, and how there are now AI tools for every little thing. Um, and some of you have probably already heard about ChatGPT. That's probably the most popular AI tool that's uh, we've heard about in the recent months or the recent year even. Um, well, here's the cool thing about that is that ChatGPT, which is owned by OpenAI, um, OpenAI has a partnership with Microsoft. And ChatGPT, or at least the technology behind it, is actually at the heart of Microsoft 365 Copilot. What does that mean? That means there is an AI-powered assistant that can do all the really cool things and generational things, as in creating new content um, that ChatGPT can do, but actually embedded in your 365 services. So imagine a world where uh, you get an email and you open it up in Outlook, and there's already a pre-created response to that email in your own tone and language uh, available to you to just copy and paste right into that email and hit send. Um, And it replies to the topics in that email. Now, obviously, in this situation, you're going to read that email and read the response and make sure it's accurately responding to everything. You don't completely rely on this stuff. You use it as a tool. That being said... uh, Here's another good example. You've got a Word document about a new product that your business is launching, and it's got headlines and uh, headers talking about different parts of that uh, product or different advantages of it. You open up Microsoft PowerPoint, open up Copilot, and say, create a 24-slide presentation about this product using this Word document, add animations for me. And boom, it does it all for you. <laughs> My producer's laughing at me because I did boom. Um it, so it puts it all together for you, animations included, and so far from the examples we've seen, it looks excellent. It looks professional. Uh, and it, I don't know about you, but as much as I like PowerPoint, I hate creating PowerPoint presentations. It takes so long. Maybe it's because I'm a little bit of a perfectionist, but especially when it comes to like getting the animations down right and that sort of thing. Oh, and finding uh, images to put in if I don't already have images available. Guess what? Copilot can take care of that. These are just a few things that Microsoft 365 Copilot can take out, take care of. Um, like I said, it's in all of the Microsoft 365 apps. So that's Word, Excel, PowerPoint, Outlook. Um, they're adding it to Dynamics, which is their CRM software and their sales software. Uh, it's going to be in Teams. Um, 
it'll be able to do cool things in teams like listen to the, the meeting and create um, notes for important parts of that meeting and even tell you who said what um, and offer even a full transcript if that's what you want. But most of us are just interested in a summary. That way you're not wasting your time taking notes in that meeting. You have, you have something else taking notes in that meeting and you can fully participate in that. And I think that's really, really cool. So... What's the bad news, Patrick? Well, the bad news is we don't know exactly when it's going to be available yet. Microsoft is just testing this with a very select few companies. They won't even tell us who's testing it right now. Um, and uh, they did say they're they're hoping for a release later this year. It's already August. We still don't know. So I don't know how well how likely that's going to happen. Uh, the other bad news, uh, something that can do that much and increase your productivity that much it's not going to be cheap, unfortunately. They did announce that they uh, would expect it to be an add-on for Microsoft 365, either standard or premium, or business standard and business premium. This won't be available for consumer accounts. Uh, and that add-on is going to cost $30 a month, which is hefty. But I look at it this way as a business owner. If something saves me several hours uh, of a month, uh, during a month's time of work, it could save me one hour of work during that month and it's probably earned that $30. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited about it. It's very, very cool. Um, I could do an entire episode probably or an entire segment just on what it can do in Excel. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure you'll hear about it more when, we, when more news breaks. Um, be on the lookout. Microsoft 365 Copilot. Okay, so next we're going to talk about something that your business can do uh, to help protect it from the uh, ever-growing range of cyber threats and, and security threats. Uh, and it's a pretty simple process, and I'm pretty sure you've done something similar and related to maybe change management or something like that. We call it threat modeling. Um Oh, a good example would be in sales, you probably come up with your ideal um, sales target and how they think, and you work kind of work backly from there, backwards from there, backly? Backly is not a word. Uh, you work backwards from there. This is kind of the same thing. Threat modeling is very similar in that you start with what is the most sensitive things and most important things in your infrastructure or in your business, uh, and then you work backward from there on how to protect it. Um so, uh, yeah, that's, that's exactly where you start. Uh, you, you identify what needs protection. Uh, and this could be anything from sensitive data that you keep on a server or that individuals use on their workstations, intellectual property, or um, find anything that's related to financial information, whether that's passwords to connect to financial accounts or something like that. Um, and then uh, you kind of work your way back. So you, you find, okay, so this is the thing that needs protected. Uh, this financial account needs protected. I think this is a good one because it's common for about every organization out there. You have a financial account. You don't want people to be taking money out of it unless you give them approval. So uh, say you have a financial account that needs protected. Well, how can that a financial account be accessed? It uses a username and a password in order to access this online portal. So it's the very first thing that you need to make sure is secure that password. So you make sure you have a complex uh, password. It's not written down on a sticky note attached to someone's monitor. Um, it hopefully isn't something that's easy to remember, like uh, the accountant's dog and their favorite football team plus the year they were born or something like that. Um, and so that covers one vector for that account. What's another vector for that account? Um, 
Well, what's another thing that interacts with that account? You get email ab- updates about that account or things to do with that account all the time, like invoices need paid or something like that. Okay, so you have an email vector that needs protected. How do you secure that? You know, we use uh, email security, anti-phishing. Basically, you get the drill. You you start at the thing that needs protected and work your way backwards from there. Uh, and the key thing here that almost everyone forgets is that human error accounts for almost 88% of data breaches. So uh, make sure you're, re- you're aware of how many people any particular process that related to sensitive data goes, uh, and you're covering that attack vector as well, making sure that uh, those individuals are trained and know what to look for. And of course, I'm a big fan of if you can stop the common things like phishing emails from even getting to people in the first place, definitely do that. But be sure to uh, include uh, security training on that thing as well. Uh, and then from there, you prioritize um, how you ri- manage those risks. Um, so something like making sure there are secure passwords involved and multi-factor authentication involved for that uh, financial account might be more important than making sure that every workstation has a fingerprint reader on it. Um, but that could be important too. Or depending on where you work, if there are sensitive files on every single workstation that people are using every day, you might need that fingerprint reader or a face scanner that's in, built into like a Surface or a MacBook or something like that. Oh, wait, no, I take that back. That's not in MacBooks yet. Hopefully it'll be coming soon. Um, and so once you uh, once you have all this, you document everything. Document what needs protected, how you plan on protecting it, um, and what kind of threats might even be targeting that. Uh, make sure you have a process for it that can be audited. And then on an annual basis, try to review and update that model if at all possible. Uh, this is going to do a whole lot of things for you. One, it's going to give you cost-effective risk management because you're being proactive about it. You're not reacting to cyber threats after they've already happened. Uh, and two, um, you already have a good idea of where your vulnerabilities are. <clears throat> so you can um, you, you know the likelihood and the impact of each individual possible threat um, uh, well ahead of time and can budget for it accordingly. Um, overall, you're going to have... extremely reduced risk of cyber incidents. Uh, And then you can also make sure that all of this aligns with your business objectives uh, and your growing operations. So it's, it's something to, that can be a part of that whole process as well. So overall uh, it's not overly difficult. Um, It's something that not a lot of organizations are doing right now, but it could easily help impact cybersecurity and, and uh, the effectiveness of that organization. And uh, if you aren't feeling like you can handle this on your own or you don't have an IT department that can help you with this, make sure you contact your local IT service provider because uh, you're going to want a specialist to do this um, because there's a very good chance that uh, if if you don't have experience doing something like threat modeling, you don't have experience in cybersecurity, you're going to miss something. And that's the thing you don't want. You don't want to leave a gaping hole in all of the preparation that you've done. Good security is like onions. I'm going to save you from the terrible Shrek impersonation I was about to do uh, because it probably would have caused your ears to bleed and you never would have listened to another episode again. Uh, But what do I mean by good security is like onions? What I mean is that good security is layered. 
There really isn't a one solution fits all and fits every situation uh, answer to good security for your organization. Uh, And honestly, you could apply this to all kinds of security, including physical security. But uh, we're specifically talking about cybersecurity here. So what does that mean? It means you should use a defense in-depth approach. That is the industry term. We like our official and scary sounding approach. well, I was going to say acronyms. That's not an acronym. We like acronyms too. We like those too much. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's that's what we call it, a defense in depth approach, meaning uh, a layered approach, meaning you don't have just one thing to take care of your entire security. What does it look like? Uh, that, um, that means your security solutions include many different things to cover you like firewalls, antivirus, uh, EDR, which I'm sure we'll talk to talk about at some point, um, password policies to ensure strong passwords, uh, data encryption on devices, uh, employee training to k- take care of the human elements, access management to make sure only the right people and uh, have access to the right things, uh, and uh, general endpoint security again that kind of relates to EDR and antivirus, uh, email security. Um, identity management there's i mean like there are a ton of solutions uh even like not just firewalls um but like you get into uh siems and vpns and that all is related to network security and uh, there's those acronyms i was talking about um here's the point is that a good specialist taking care of you a good it partner taking care of you whether that's internally or externally uh is going to use oh no I closed my notes alone. <laughs> oh goodness. I can't believe I just accidentally closed my notes. That's embarrassing. Okay. Where even was I? Uh, so yeah, the point being, you don't want to leave yourself open um, to a single point of failure. And uh, so what that means is uh, as, as a good example, here's a typical way I take care of one of my clients. And that is, I know that um, a large percentage, a large majority, I think it's something around 70% of cyber threat attacks start with a phishing email. So I immediately make sure they're covered with email security. Um, AI tools are becoming increasingly available to the public. So that means cyber threat actors or hackers, as you might know them, uh, also have access to those. So to fight fire with fire, I make sure my email security and anti-phishing is AI-based as well. Um, and uh, so it's it's blocking most of that stuff that comes in. What if it fails and a phishing email comes through? Okay. So phishing email comes through. I have trained my clients on how to detect a phishing email if one does get through and to not open it, not click anything in it, not download anything in it, not respond with your username and password to your bank account. Thank God. Um, What if they forget their training? What if it looks really legitimate? It looks official. They better start. They better download this PDF that has this invoice that they need to look at so that it can get paid. And there's a malware attached to that invoice. Well, if the email security fails, if the the security training fails, and a malware, a piece of malware gets downloaded, there's uh, EDR and antivirus that will then stop that malware from doing anything on the computer, quarantine it, kill its processes, and uh, make sure everyone's aware that there's uh, a threat has happened. What if in that 0.0001% chance this mal this uh, malware gets past 
all of those protections. And guess what? This malware is ransomware and immediately starts encrypting that entire computer. It's it's going to try to jump to other computers on the network. Oh, that's okay because we've implemented zero trust network access. So once that the health of that workstation is failed, it's not allowed to connect to the network anymore. It can't connect to the other, any other machines. Well, what if that doesn't happen right away? And so this ransomware does jump out to other devices. Well, that doesn't matter either because we shut everything down, wipe it all, and I've already got backups from the last hour ready to install into those machines. So this is what I mean by a defense in-depth approach, a layered approach. Uh, there's a lot of different layers to make sure each client is protected um, and each layer uh, builds on top of it to make sure the end goal being uh, that the data is safe, the user is safe, and the business is protected. So if you don't uh, uh, already use a defense in-depth approach, if you don't already secure your organization with onions, <laughs> that's, that's not going to catch. I don't think people will ever say that again. Um, then definitely talk to an expert. Reach out to your local IT service provider. Okay, that brings us to the end of the episode. Next week, we'll talk about some common tech myths you may have heard and you might even believe. We'll go over a handy little checklist to help make sure your tech stays safe during a move, whether that's your office or your home, and a product from Microsoft you've probably never heard of called Universal Print. If you have any questions about what you heard in today's episode or you have questions you'd like to have answered on the podcast uh, in a future episode, please feel free to reach out by emailing questions at soltech.solutions. That's questions at S-O-U-L-T-E-C dot solutions. Until then, thank you for listening. And for the love of all that is holy, lock your computer before you walk away from it. This is Patrick, logging out.